Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Today is the day you will lose fat. Come see Dr. T at NJ Diet. Easiest diet I've ever done. It's changed my life. Come see Dr. T. Using blood work and DNA testing. 1-855-5-NJ-DIET. And NJDiet.com. Change your life in only 40 days with NJ Diet. Faramanj, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, man. My pleasure, man. Um, so, you know, I want to talk about PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, which you released in 2014. Um, but first, can you just tell me about what was your mindset when you were writing the album and where were you at, in, not in your, just not in your professional career, but also in your personal life? Well, um, we were, we were, I was freshly independent uh, coming off of... Uh, the War album, which was a, a joint venture that I did with uh, Duck Down, a uh, 50-50 you know, project in terms of we were partly independent and they're independent. So we kind of wanted to uh, learn from them the independent game. So we released a project with them called War. We are Renegades. And it did really well. It did just as well as the last, the prior previous release that we had did. So coming off of that, we knew that because I take, you know, time writing and creating, we needed to kind of speed up the the time frame in which I would do a new release. So we just thought about doing a EP. And so I started recording and it was like, what better thing to do? follow up war with and PTSD right. and uh, the, 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 the incredible thing about going into the thought process was uh, we know I, I knew that PTSD was in the news for the military and all of those things but um, I was reading about post-traumatic slave disorder and disorders just in terms of uh, traumatic experiences that people were telling me about and were getting diagnosed with, as well as I thought it would be perfect to uh, make this a real personal album. So that was the thought process. We were going to do an EP, and then uh, two of the first three songs really came out really, really good. And we were like, this deserves to be a full-length project and not something that uh, feels like we're putting it out until we do a full-length project. So, uh, again, going into it, 
I knew that I had to touch on my personal issues because in the past, it's very metaphoric, rhyming from the perspective of a bullet or some inanimate object. But this time I wanted to focus on Troy and what's in his head and who is he personally. And that, that's what the album became. As a whole album, a lot of a lot of artists they do concept albums, but and yeah, and the, and the summary of the album says it's about blah 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 blah, or we're taking on the role of this and this, but it's never. But then you sometimes listen to some tracks, and you're like, I don't understand how this fits into the concept. Mm-hmm. But you've done that. You did that with this album. You made every track about some form of PTSD. Mm-hmm. How did you ensure that that was going to happen? That you were staying true to what your original concept was for this album. Yeah, I, I, just, uh, I just was talking recently about doing a master class coming up soon about performing and writing. And one of the things that I've learned over the years is committing to, to the thing, to the character, to the actor, committing to the role. And when I said... I'm going to title this post-traumatic stress disorder. I said to myself, if you're going to do that, you need to commit to what this is, not just use it as some term that's in the media right now with, you know, cool letters and a cool acronym and then go off on a tangent somewhere. You need to commit to personal pain. You need to stay on topic. And you need to stay in the framework of what this is. And um, if you stay true to that commitment, you might come out with a decent piece of work. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things, like a writer, director, I was like, um, you know, a lot of what I was talking about with the personal issues wasn't happening in that time frame. I had to go back a couple of years mm-hmm to pull from that and commit to feeling that way again which was difficult because during the record um, I wasn't depressed at all but I had to pull those feelings out again and um, delve into what that feels like and remember what that feels like were you worried that you by pulling those feelings were you worried that you might go back to feeling uh, yeah I was because that's the the, the the part of the, the the stress anxiety mixed in with the depression is once you're working your way out of that darkness you are always worried about going back in it's the same thing with a drug addiction or you know you I've been uh sober for two years but now I gotta do this bar tour or whatever <laughs> right. and you're like Jesus Christ I gotta fucking do a bar you know tour and it's gonna be nothing but what I've been striving to walk away from in saying that um, it was still therapeutic in the sense that verbalizing and even writing about things that you've internalized is super therapeutic. Right. Uh, before we go more into each, a lot of the tracks of the album, I want to know, 
uh, and before we start a conversation, you talked about internal affairs and how you essentially recorded it from a closet. Uh, for this album, PTSD, how, where did you record it? Where were you when you were recording, and, and who was in the studio with you most of the time? It was, it was all over the place. It was... Uh, Marco Polo's closet. <laughs> it was Lee Stone's closet. <laughs> it was big, elaborate studios where strings and stuff were added to songs. Mm. So it was it was kind of all all over the place. You know, when I think about some of the recordings, you know. Um, in the track, uh, I've all, the entire album is great, but in the track, uh, Losing My Mind, you spit, my family's customs were not accustomed to dealing with mental health. It was more or less an issue for white families with wealth. Um, what was this for you, a commentary on, and how do you think this commentary has changed the conversation? I think with the mental health in general, over the last, just and over the last eight to ten years, I would say black people are like, maybe I need to go get my head checked out. Mm. I think, you know, from coming from a place of such resilience throughout generations of dealing with certain things you got, you got fathers going to work with unheard of unfathomable conditions because the work has to be done the bills have to be paid there are no excuses you 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 rarely see uh families adhering to their health as much in that regard not alone being like, I think I got something going on in my head. It's just what is in a, over the years a problem that was readily recognized, in my opinion. So when you spoke about depression, I think people looked at it something that this isn't even an issue mm. that we deal with, you know. So even when... Um, I was dealing with it, um, and, and mine was a health thing. It was because of a different cocktail of medications I was taking at the time that had spiraled me down, and you know I started feeling a certain way, not being able to cope and analyze just certain issues that I would be like, I normally would be able to figure this out. I'm having trouble, you know, figuring these things out. When I finally went to people and was like, yo, man, I'm in a dark place and I'm, I feel really depressed to the point where I'm struggling, not even day to day, but like almost hour to hour. Mm. You know, some of the advice was smoke a joint, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, get, get no, drink, yeah. Yeah. like oh, this is serious, you know, so. Uh, and, and I wouldn't say everybody said that, you know, most people was like, you need to get some help then, you know. But it was 
weird confronting people about that. Uh, let's see. But even for like year, 15 years ago. Even for a place like New York City, I mean, because you know, you're like, you like, you, you walk down New York City and there's, you hear, everyone's like, oh yeah, I just saw my therapist today, you know, like right. very loud. And it's very much, you know, it's not the, it's almost like cool now. Right. Like, I have tons of black friends that are like, uh, after we eat this pizza, I got to run, go check out my therapist. And like, <laughs> right, yeah. right. And even like, uh, Voice the Five Nine doing layers, that's, mm-hmm and admitting perfectly in an interview about how Eminem gave him a number of his therapists and now he's seeing a therapist so it's yeah. like it seems like it's less of a something less you sh- you be less ashamed of it now um, but I imagine in 2014 that was not the case well well uh, talking about it wasn't you know I've heard all the artists talk about mental issues and suicide as well, but to the point that I was like, "This is, this is a lot." But like I said, I'm 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 reaching back. I was probably reaching back into like '95. Oh wow! To pulling those stories of when I was super asthmatic. I had a the story stems from a stint I had in the hospital, where I was in the hospital for two weeks, intravenous. Um, steroid medication for the asthma and um, when I came out I was taking the pills by mouth as well and I remember distinctively being like coming out of hospital situations before and just popping right back in and recording or playing basketball or whatever but this particular time I was just like I don't want to go outside right you know, was a blockage there, and I was just like, I don't, I couldn't, I didn't put the two together until, um, you know, I would say two months later, I went to a dentist appointment, and uh, they had me write down the list of medications I was taking, and uh, the dentist himself came out into the lobby, and he was like, Troy Jamerson, and I was like. And he took me back in, like, his office. And I was like, this is weird. And I sat yeah. in a chair, and he was like, I see here this list of medications that you're taking. And I wondered if you knew that this combined with this causes severe depression. And I just started bawling because I was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't put it together. But that was, I was like, and at least I know now where the shit is stemming from and maybe I could correct it. You know, I called my doctor and he was like, what the fuck? You know, he was like, stop taking them. I'm like, I don't know. You know, you told me to take the shit. You know? <laughs> but it's interesting, I mean, your dentist of all exactly. people to diagnose. I mean, I have a doctor who, uh, he's a, my child, he, he was a, my child pediatrician. We were talking about some other, him and I years ago were talking about some other health thing I had. It was a pain that no one could diagnose, and he and he said it best. And this kind of sounds similar. He said a lot of times doctors don't think outside the box, mm-hmm. and to get you have to find that one doctor that's willing to think outside the box. And it sounds like you found that one doctor that thought outside the box for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've been I'm just saying I've been to doctors 
I've been like, oh, you're doing blood work? Okay, give me my blood type because I'm thinking about going on this blood type diet, you know, specifically for whatever your blood type is. And doctors have been like, oh, wow, let me know how that, you know, <laughs> let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> so they definitely don't think out of the box, you know. Um, I want to uh, losing and I, also I'm losing my mind. Mr. Porter does the hook for you. Um, when you do sing, I know a lot of people like when you sing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just curious why, why, why choose Mr. Porter to sing on this track? But also, um, what do you think emotionally for this track that he was? Able, what was he able to provide emotionally that uh, as a singer that you thought maybe you couldn't do or do justice for? Um, I just thought that that chorus should be well sung and some of the notes that needed to be executed on it would bring the point home and the sadness home and um, we were we were uh, me and my manager was wrestling back and forth with what to omit in terms of me singing because the songs are personal so he was like a lot of this you're going to need to sing yourself to drive it home because it's you so you don't want to go out and get some name it kind of takes away the whatever so we were wrestling back and forth with that but Mr. Porter is such a good singer I just I just wanted it sung really well and he's a better singer than I am in my opinion um another layer of uh, um, and you've spoken about this now but another layer of PTSD is talking about the black experience in America um, what did you want the America as a whole to take away from this album what did you want white America to take away from this album and how is it different what did you want black America to take away from this album um, or were they the same I mean it's the same takeaway yeah it, it is it is a difference in in terms of uh, those things and how they're perceived, which I tried to touch touch on in that specific line, and how mental health is perceived, as well as the the. I just wrote a piece. I haven't put it out yet. You know, um, ever since I can remember. My mom has been like, okay, when you're going out or you're driving, if you get approached by the police, this is, is the protocol. This is the creed of, of what should happen in that scenario. To this day, I'll, I'll speak to my mom, and she's like, if you're going out, still to this day, and I'm just like, that in itself has a weight on it that you're not freely going about to some friend's house or to some meeting you have a a protocol and it's actually after these events it's actually a heavy weight to um to be like oh man I made a broken U-turn on a Double, uh oh, uh oh, you, you better hope (laughs) it's a traffic violation. It's like, 
I understand. Like another dimension is my brother is retired in my PD. So if anybody could like put their feet in both shoes, but we would have this discussion all the time. I'm like, it's it's a heavy burden to be like to to drive and like don't get lost. Was that illegal? You you know. Yeah. It's just so that in itself is stressful as as well as the 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 stresses of what you can and what you can see every day in impoverished situations I think that brings about uh an unseen traumatic experience to some people that they don't even realize they're dealing with until it's discussed which is why discussion is a must in these situations and I mean I'm fortunate enough to be able to write about it and put music out about it which is therapeutic in itself this interview right you know most people are not able to express that to anyone so from that regard to answer your question uh you know i kind of wanted white america to see that there is a, a heaviness uh at least it was on me uh just coming from where i'm coming from uh, I'm, I'm older artist and my family is not too many generations removed from one of the main things that is probably the heaviest thing to to black people and uh and to black people I wanted it to, to feel like it's okay to express what's going on in your head. I, I, I was, as you, you talked about, um, post-traumatic stress disorder is extremely personal. And the first six tracks seem to have a piece of you in each of them. Mm-hmm. But on track seven, um, Recollection Facility Part 2, it's the first time you hear the recollection voice, I guess I'll call it. Mm-hmm. Say your name, mm-hmm. Troy. Mm-hmm. Um, why wait? Why? Why? Why then? Why does it? Why does the voice say it then? Well, the, the the first couple of tracks, I wanted to to have a slow tempo, because um, and I kind of wanted it to drag, which is the antithesis of what hip hop arrangement is usually usually cats come out of the gate gunning yeah this is why you should listen to me i'm the fucking greatest yeah yeah <laughs> this is uh it, it was a risk for me to start off that slow but i wanted people to immediately feel the drag of uh what it kind of feels like to go through a day of being depressed time moves really slow right and so, um, one of the sci-fi tinges to, I, I tried to put in the writing was, I went to a facility to try to, um, they would um, extract these experiences from my head so I could be normal again. So they had the ability to go into my head these memories 
or whatever on a uh, screen and just edit them out and then wake you back up. So the facility is saying to me at that point, this is not going to, uh, if I remember the skit correctly, you're in here and we kind of tricked you in here and this is not going to help you become what you weren't once were so wake up hmm. another thing that I may not have been successful with communicating is while I was asleep a lot of time had passed so when I went into right. there you know years and years it was like 10 years yeah. 2020 2020 2024 yeah but the next track Rabbit Eye Movement mm-hmm. which is featuring Black Thought mm-hmm. and obviously you guys kill it um Lyrically, it is that song that probably would, quote unquote, traditional hip hop would, that would be the song you start out the album mm-hmm. with, right? Like, this is mm-hmm. two lyricists, battle, you know, going back and forth. Um, what was your goal with this track, uh, especially coming out of track seven? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what is, it, what is it like working with, you've known him for years, I know, but mm-hmm. what is it like working with Black Thought, the artist? So not only in that in that piece right there are you asking someone to kill it, but you're asking someone to morph into the vibe and you know I know my my vibe can be nerdy and weird. So I'm calling him like, I need you to kill it, but we're in a dream <laughs> and I wanna pass it to you. So in this dream sequence, I'm trying to battle for good and I'm losing so you gotta kinda cut me off and help me out with the situation because in the real world you know he's like yeah 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 I understand all of that you know not too many artists would even like but that's like years of friendship right like knowing you well not, not necessarily friendship but years of understanding the scope of the boundaries of where you could take writing and being like, you know, he was like, that's not really that deep at all. You know, <laughs> I got this, you know, and he's like, you know, we asked a few other MCs, I won't say any names, and they were like, not touching this song. Really? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, other MCs to be on the track with. You guys, or was it, was just, it always going to be a one, no, two? No, I was like, I need one. One, okay, so it would be a person to do this. Um, I actually want to continue doing more. Uh, when you use metaphors to create a picture, tell a story, such as you did on the track The Jungle, um, well, one, where doesn't that idea, like, I can't even speak, where doesn't that idea like that stem from? But two, are the metaphors for you more to test the boundaries of your artistic skills or do you, do you feel that metaphors are also the best way for you to convey the story? Both. With um, Jungle, Jungle is really old. I wrote the Jungle I wrote the Jungle probably like 2005, 2006. The most, the bulk of it. It morphed into something else. 
most of the stuff like that I, I, I write um, ridiculous ideas down and then go over them and try to make them make sense try to build upon them so you know this stuff on this stuff on there that I wrote that day there's stuff on there that could span almost like 10 years old I'm really I pride myself on being able to gel them so there's they're seamless mm-hmm. in terms of how they fit into a project with the jungle I had started that concept a while back but it was to almost be offensive and endearing at the same time because some of the things that I'm saying are used in very offensive ways right and then some of it is like wait a minute is he being endearing or is he being is he upset about the situation and I kind of wanted to leave it somewhere in the middle for you to to kind of um, figure that out depending on your perspective. So that, that's the type of writing that I wanted. I, I think um, we were trying to shoot a visual for it and the visual was just as offensive as the song. And that's where I wanted to bring it home, you know, um, and see how people would you know, I really want it. We, the, the beautiful thing about indie work is we still could, you know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. even matter. It wouldn't be to sell the, or restart. It would just be an art piece. Right. You know, if it brings people back to PTSD, then that's fine. And I still might do it because the idea was incredible. We tried it. I didn't like how it came, how it, how it turned out. So I, Cause it's all about the art. If the art doesn't, it needed to. The video needed to be better than the song, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Which is not. The song is very graphic, so it's difficult to do that sometimes. But um, yeah, that that was the gist. The gist was to um, have people be like, "Yeah, this is." <laughs> you know, what the fuck are you saying? You know? <laughs> But it, it, within that, I think it's a really good story. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it takes you into mm-hmm. a place where, mm-hmm. in a weird way, mm-hmm. we all could like relate to mm-hmm. what you're talking. I mean, it just, I mean, the atmosphere, you're, the, the scene you're providing. Right. Right. I think was um, was great. Another song that I, it's, I think it is my favorite song on the album, uh, "Broken Again." Mm-hmm. Because uh, I like the slow pace, but mm-hmm. I also like, of course, seven cc's, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna try even try to do justice to it. Um, I don't have a good question on it. I just was curious um, if you could just kind of take us into the creative process there. Uh, where were you when you wrote it? Um, I mean, what was your mindset for that track, especially? Uh, maybe how long did it take to write? I I knew that the song was sad and I had written a song about breakup 
that never made an album, we put it out and it was really popular. Mr. Porter produced it. Um, and I was like, man, if you're going to tackle this subject, it's, it's really going to be hard because it's saying shit, this shit. Usually people write one bad breakup. So broken again, obviously. It's like, fuck, you know, when am I going to have a successful situation? But um, I thought it would be a challenge to liken the girl in the story to a drug, being addicted to the girl and addicted to the drug, and trying to leave it in a way where, again, you're like, you know, I had people like, man, that's, I didn't know you were on heroin, Pharaoh. I'm like, no, I'm not on heroin. So, um, again, I took my time. It, it came pretty quickly, but I took my time with certain lines and being meticulous, like um, the 7cc line. Um, it was originally, I was um, researching the amount of cc's that heroin users use, and it was some off number. And I was just like, why don't you just make it seven? Right. Oh. You know, instead of 22.2 cc. <laughs> you know, I was, you really, I wanted, I was like, I want heroin acts to be like, wow, <laughs> be really know them. So. <laughs> I was like, just make it seven cc, seven c, seven. It flows better. It, no one need. Depending on who you are, the amount you need doesn't even matter. I was like, you're getting too technical. Just make the line sound flow better, and you get the double entendre of seven cc's and seven c's. So, little shit like that took. A month. Like I had it written one way and I was somewhere on an exercise bike and was like you should say, you know. So I would go back in and make that edit. Is that a moment where you stop exercising and you run and find a pen? Um well now I'm just oh, doing oh. it and I actually called my manager and was like listen and I kicked it this way and I kicked it that way. He was like, ah, fuck, it doesn't. Nobody fucking cares about the exact amount of it. <laughs> <laughs> So I just changed it to seven. Um, when you work with, when you've known and worked with Talib Kweli for, for quite a while. Um, and he's featured on the track Dream. Uh, what is it about Kweli as an MC that wants you to continue to collaborate with him? And then... Do you remember the first song verse by him when you knew you guys had 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 what, what made you think you had to do this track that wasn't dream but it was something he did maybe on his own or a solo song? Um, I just for me, Qua has a knack for writing inspirational things for me. You know, I, it's apparent he's written inspirational music right. for his fan base. But um, he has a knack for saying something that is honest, 
real and in real actuality that people are dealing with or going through that cuts through, in my opinion. And um, I'm trying to get better at that because my shit is fantastical, you know. So moving forward into this new, you know, new music, I want to get more of a balance of, man, that actually stuck to my gut in a way, you know. And I think he has a knack uh, that he, he, he is, that's his thing, you know. So when it came to Dream, I just wanted to hear someone who's like, this is why you should do that. And these are some lines that make you think about that in a way. And also, he's a veteran. So with veterans, you get, as soon as you hear the voice, it connects with this tone already. So that's what uh, experienced musicians and MCs bring to the table. It's like you get, um, you know, a certain cat on a song. Before they're even saying what they're saying, their voice stands for, this is a lyricist right now that you're listening to. Was Quali in... I know know we've we've talked before and... You're very. I know you're very. For good reason, you're very selective about who you work with or when you have a concept art. And you even mentioned that it's hard to do what you want to do with an album because it takes time, it takes money, mm-hmm. and you're an independent artist mm-hmm. and you need a tour. Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, are you? Do you with PTSD? Did did, did each were, were all the artists in studio with you when the collaboration happened, or was it one of those? You know, I did a, you did a verse, email it back and forth. Um, how important was that to the collaboration process? Oh, I mean, when, that's another thing. When you're talking about this caliber of artists, you can entrust them They're with gonna, that. Yeah. Obviously, uh, Thought is doing Late Show and The Tonight Show and uh, touring and studio he's a family man so you know just getting him in the studio is a task in itself so you're like I'll, I'll send it to you whatever he's like I'll record it on you know I have some time this time I'll go in and record it same thing with Kwali he was on tour at the time you know um, even going back to Royce on the on the war album he did it in a hotel room <laughs> on tour like you know and I I'm not that when he did that I just was like this is fucking amazing like I can't I'm not recording the shit in the hotel room I need time to fucking <laughs> you know what I mean like so that's the caliber that that these cats saw these I really relish working with people like that because they to me are the Miles and Coltrane's and Quincy Jones's and of my generation at what we do. You know, I was looking at Royce in the hotel room like, this is ridiculous. You know what I mean? I, I know some of the stuff is gathered, but it's still, you know, commitment and repetition. This is something I want to do. I've been doing it. So 
let's get it going. You know what I mean? And, and I, I really respect that. There's other, obviously, there's other artists featured on uh, the album, and I wanted to see if you give me a few, like, you know, a sentence or two about each of them. Uh, not just me, but also the readers. Um, so let's start with Danan, who's featured on Losing My Mind. Uh, what, what is it like working with Danan on, on an album, on, 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 a, on a track, on this track in particular? Again, that's like, we're, we're like family now, so we're in the studio and it's cool and it's jokes. But it's an honor because Danan is a musician. He's a He's a vocalist. He's a rapper. He's toured. He's worked with Eminem. You talk, Dre. You're talking about sonic and frequency experience, as well as he's not just making a beat. Like he's a producer. Mm. So, uh, again, you know, you you were in the studio with Danon. You feel like a safe space because you know that all of those things are going to be being looked at simultaneously as well as you could do that better I think you could you know, he's producing him to you yeah saying you could do that better yeah and vice versa or? yeah um Dr. Pete I sent that to a friend of mine who lives in the UK and their father speaks so like is an actual doctor okay. and I in the medical field so I was like if I'm going to make this sound you know close to authentic you know I might as well send it out there to get it done so I just sent it out there I scripted it uh, <laughs> um, and of course, Vernon Reed on Stand Your Ground. I mean, what is it like working with Vernon? I mean, obviously he's doing a lot. Uh, what was that collaboration experience like? Um, again, man, this is great questions because sometimes, you know, you don't realize the magnitude because some of these people are close-knit and friends of friends and respect your work so much. You're like, yeah, do something for you, do something for me. Da, 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 let's do it. But then when you think about history, it's like, wow, I got fucking Vernon Reed on my record. So, yeah, he's just genius, man. I mean, I mean, uh, the times that I've worked with him and he's done solos, I still listen to those arrangements and I'm like, what is this guitar saying? What is this phrasing? What would be the vocal leaves or the words to the pain of these notations? You know, not a lot of, you know, you can't say that about a lot of musicians. So I really, you know, I'm, I'm working on something with Living Color now, the verse. So, yeah. It, it, Post-traumatic stress disorder is a, you know, as we established at the top, is a, was a, uh, and is. Uh, Let me just talk about. Oh, I'm sorry. If you don't have, Lee Stone, and Bad Motherfucker and Dream, as well, it's something that was, extensive, actual vocal, production, like, uh, 
I came off tour and was severely hoarse. And I was like, I want to record, you know, Bad Motherfucker while I sound like this. And we were cutting those vocals for, you know, hours, just like trying different voices and different shit. So, yeah, he's he's... He's another one who is a producer. Yeah. Right, and I want to and I want to get talk about the producer because what always fascinates me is I understand when you say do lyrics, mm-hmm. I understand lyrics, mm-hmm. and most people do, but understanding a beat or understanding an instrumental is a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, for I think for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you do a concept album like this and you have producers such as Lee Stone, you know, and the stepkids and um, you have all these and, and Marco Polo mm-hmm. obviously great people to work with how, how did you ensure Faramanch that you ha- you know you had this album this concept how did you ensure that the, the music was going to be able to speak what you were the concept it, it takes time you know when um, you look at why does Faramanch take two years to do a record that's it's part of the process is you're weaning out uh, the music from people when I heard Rapid Eye Movement and Times Squared from um, Marco I was like oh man you know he makes you know 100 beats a month when he played Times Squared I was like oh my god I've been looking <laughs> I've been searching the world for something like this I was like, I need, I need this song, you know. And he just played it to me like, oh, it's one more thing I want to play you, <laughs> you know. I'm like, you know, that's it, yeah. you know. Most of the stuff is is like that with me. You know, I'll listen and listen and listen. And I'll be like, that's it, that's it. This goes here. This will go here. That will work in this position. So, uh, and it takes time when you're working with different producers to try to pick things that sound cohesive. Do you view your, with a lot, you know, as a concept album, do you view the album as we would view a book? Like they're all chapters and you can't. Because the question would be, what would, what would be your favorite track on this album? But, if, but do you think you view it this more as a, cha- as a book and like you can't just take out one chapter from it and have a favorite because it wouldn't make sense with the entire book? Right. I, I want you to I want you to be confused and conflicted all my favorite albums favorite bands groups hip hop artists Zeppelin Sabbath I'm always going back and forth like what is my favorite song on this album now it's changed because this has changed and it should be layered and things that have a long shelf life should change with you. And having that in mind, I I try to write that way. You know, even Broken Again is a song that should mean something different to you at 37 than it did at 21, Mm -hmm. you know, because your experiences change. So now the interpretation of the song might be a little different after you've divorced after you've had a breakup or love songs should do that because 
the love of your girlfriend is different than the love of your wife, which is different than the love of your firstborn child, Saul, love. So scripture is that way, too. You read Quran, Bible, whatever. It's supposed to have new meaning again. So I try to write songs that way, too. So you can go back and be like, man, I didn't look at that that way before. That's how I I look at the songs as well. I, I mean, personally, I'm supposed to, when I revisit that album, I'm supposed to get to Times Squared and be like, man, you know, I overlooked this song and went straight to these songs, but now this song is I'm really grooving off this record right now so it's hard to pick in that sense because I jump around I want to go I have two more questions but I I want to go back to something you said earlier about how we talked about how this album wasn't the traditional hip hop album that track one it's I mean it would be rapid eye movement right mm-hmm. like boom it's a, you say it's a slow slow moving album um, is that why you did I think from my point of view, little quote-unquote tricks with lyrics or with your vocals. Like, for example, Times Square, mm-hmm. you did the stuttering. Mm-hmm. Um, was that a way of kind of captivating your... Making it more exciting. Yeah, making it more exciting yeah. for your audience. Definitely. I had that in mind and the character in that, in that story is starting to get anxiety over the situation. So, and again, I just I just met with uh, Marco. We were shooting a video for something he did. He was telling me because I was recording it live, and I started stuttering while you know doing it. And he was telling me while I was doing it, he was like, "All right, I think that's a little too much. Like it stutters. The stuttering goes on for like eight to 10 bars almost maybe 8 bars he said he was like maybe the first couple of lines but I'm not sure and then he said he was kept listening to listening to the song and he's like I admit when I'm wrong wow. I love it you know what I mean so it's a, it's a style choice but I definitely was like I'm not fucking changing it Post Dramatic Stress Daughter is reason I like I like it for many reasons but I think it's one of those timeless albums and we're in 2016 mm. and it's timeless for obviously for many reasons because mm. people are still dealing with PTSD whether mm. you're a military vet whether you're just a mm-hmm. kid growing mm-hmm. up and also with current current events mm-hmm. um, what is that like for you as the I mean you know you're an artist but you're obviously also a person um, that's seeing things that are happening in his, his community what is that like to have this timeless album, but it's timeless kind of for, you know, quote-unquote sad reasons. Uh, how does that make you feel? Um, like you would think, like, like man, this is, a, this is an artist who is speaking up about the times and being personable like the 70s and the artists who were talking about their experiences and even predicting experiences like Marvin Gaye and I'm sure 
we still listen to that song and it, it's a beautiful song and when you realize that the things that he's talking about in the song we're still dealing with yeah. it's a sad song in that regard um, you know obviously you know it's like man big ups to fucking um, you know Marvin for what's going on but it's a sad ass song and if you haven't evolved from the stuff that he's talking about same thing with with um, PTSD you know it it's 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 um pretty heart-wrenching to look you know re- to remember back when I was in grade school and I looked at 2016 like space cars you know <laughs> flying hovercrafts that teacher was right <laughs> <laughs> and the and the thing that we're still dealing with the things that we're dealing with and we haven't evolved in so many ways it's disheartening but you you know some artists just got to make music that reflects the time and even go further than that you know even in the new music there's this stuff I'm saying in the new music that's just like I couldn't even, you know, I might have to scrap the song just based on the events that just happened, you know. So I'm constantly trying to project good and the bad, the worst of the bad, and moving forward, the best of the good. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult. But the world is not... It's not peaches and cream, you know what I mean? It is what it is. And a, and a beautiful thing about it, I found myself this week laughing and having some happy times. Because if, I think, if you look to Facebook and Twitter and social media and CNN to bring that into your world, you're going to be disappointed. I, we have to find our own, you know, happiness. So I've been finding some happiness in some of the music I've been doing and some of the silly shit because we will be inundated with the fuck shit. We don't have to worry about that. It's Faramanch album, PTSD, came out 2014. Uh, Faramanch, thank you so much for joining me on... Red Bull Music Academy Key Track Series. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.